exactly at your mouth. Okay, sweet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, hey guys, this is Person About Town, and today we're a little bit outside of Boston with a new guest. All right, tell them, tell them where we are. So, I'm John Susich, and uh, we're in Lexington, about, oh, I don't even know, what a 15 miles west of Boston, and uh, we're at one of my favorite places in the world, the Lexington Battle Green. So why is the Lexington Battle Green one of your favorite places in the world? I just love the colonial America period. Really? I love it. I, I, I don't know, maybe it was like my favorite thing in school growing up and it just stuck with me, and then living in this area, uh-huh. being so close to where it all happened, and being able to come to see uh-huh. see it whenever I wanted. Uh, I don't know. There's something about that to me that, like, I know it wasn't a perfect time in history. <laughs> I know all of that aspect of it, but I just love the, I love the history behind it. Okay, so I took American history uh, in high school and haven't really thought about it since. Can you give, like, a quick rundown of what happened here? Sure. So I'll tell you this. The first thing, um, when we first started talking about doing this, we sh- I would have done something like the old state house in Boston because uh-huh. that's the same reason. Um, but when we were talking about having my kids and all that stuff, instead of going all the way into Boston, uh, I was like, oh, well, why don't we do Lexington? And so um, thank you for doing person about a different town. Uh, but um, this is where... So the, part of the reason I love this is there's all these different stories about it that... I'm kind of obsessed with. So everything, when the revolution started, everything started in Boston because uh-huh. that's where the troops were housed. And then um, when the troops marched west, they were on their way to Concord. And this is where they encountered a small band of patriots, you know, the, the, the first... Uh, the first Terrorists. Instance. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sure, Which, whichever point of view you take. And... Uh, um, So there's so many different aspects of the story, like Paul Revere, he started that night in Boston, he crossed the water, he went out and alerted the countryside, but there were all these other messengers also doing it, like they were all spreading the word. Wait, then why is he special? Because his name is Rimey. What? Yeah, like when Longfellow wrote the poem, it was just, you know, Revere sounded good. That's BS. Well, so so all this stuff can he... I know. Like there's Billy Dawes. There's all these other, you all these other. Stuff? Well, so I also taught this okay. for a while. Right, right. So, um, but the the one thing I love, see that yellow building? Yes. So Buckminster. There's a yellow building. Is off across from the green, and that that night. So this is this is all the night of April 18th, 1775, and the morning of April 19th, 1775. Uh-huh. The troops left the night of the 18th, and they were marching out and. Um, they got here at like five in the morning Uh and along the way, Paul Revere had been, had been captured. They had taken his horse. He was walking back to meet up here. Um, John Hancock and Sam Adams were two of these big, uh, they were like pot stirrers. They were the, they were people who had started this all up and they were staying here and part of the, um, part of the. Like the British troops were on their way, they were on their way to Concord to get ammunition. But like they were like, yeah, if you find Adams and Hancock, we'll we'll kill them. <laughs> so, uh, so that that was part of the warning for Revere was like, get out of here. So, at 5 a.m. ish, when the troops encountered the resistance here, Paul Revere was like coming back from this capturing, right. and Hancock and Adams were like. Down the road, yeah. about to leave town to go to Philadelphia for the Continental Congress, and Hancock needed a trunk that was apparently in the attic of Buckman's Tavern. So right after the battle happened, or right before the battle happened, I'd seen different um, summaries of that. Supposedly, Paul Revere is crossing the spot to get that trunk to bring it to John Hancock. It's, it's amazing to me that like all that <laughs> stuff that had happened and that like started in Boston, came here. And like, and I, and I don't know if I believe all of it. Yeah, I'd be like, get your own damn suitcase. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna? Get? I, I I was just captured. <laughs> like, right. Well, also just the fact that he was here. I just I don't know that I believe, like all those important characters, 
Like it's, it's just so perfect right. for the story of America being born like with this one little battle. Yeah. Oh, hey, by the way, these three most important people in history <laughs> in, that, in that part of time were here in this one spot. So anyway, I love it because of that. Okay. Uh, did you see or have you listened to Hamilton? I haven't yet. What? No, I know. You gotta listen to well, it. If you like this history. <laughs> what? No, I'm not suggesting. I, I would, although I would love to if you happen to have Hamilton tickets and you want to give them away to someone, I'm just saying <laughs> I am available and you should probably do that. But more, it's available on Spotify. You can listen to the, all the of The soundtrack? Them. Yeah, I it haven't done like, it yet. Because all of the show is sung, it's all like, it's the whole show. So it's the story. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I should do it. You should check it. I think you'll like it. I think I would love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know. It talks about moments when those guys are all in rooms together doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and th that's all fascinating to me. It, it all is. So. so wait, you were a teacher. Yeah. What did you teach? I taught fifth grade language arts and social studies. Aww. And the fifth grade curriculum is all about American history. So there's a lot of leading up to this and a lot that we covered after it. But like, it was like January, February, we'd hit this yeah. topic. And I was like, I'll try to stretch it as much as I could. I just, I just love it. I just love talking about it. I love finding out information about it. What sort of activities would you do with the kids, given that all this stuff is so close by? Yeah, so we didn't do that a lot at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And um, my co-teacher and I, we started to be like, you know, we should really start incorporating that. Mm -hmm. So the one thing we did from the beginning was the Freedom Trail. That was like an end-of-year trip, and it was awesome. Um, but what we did was we were teaching fifth grade, which was a um it was the beginning of the middle school it was a, it was a pre-k through eight school yeah but the fifth grade was sort of the entry into the middle school so we did all kinds of orientation activities mm -hmm. and one of the things we did was we developed a trip a new trip and then we went to concord and then we uh i guess we started here we came here and then we went over to concord and we did a couple activities and we just spent the morning out and then went back to the school and wrote about it and uh, did different activities about it. It's better than, so I am from North Carolina. We don't have that sort of natural, like national importance history nearby. Uh, so we just had like an, an old farm. Like it was, it was just a farm that existed a long time ago. Yeah. And that was the only important detail about it, that it was old. And, uh, we made candles. That was the extent of our historical, history. yeah, <laughs> our <laughs> first person. Yeah. Uh, well, I, Maybe that may I had a couple of trips like that. I grew up in New York. And what part of New York? In Queens. Oh, Astoria. That's hip. Yeah, much more now than it was. <laughs> I mean, it was good then, but uh, now it's hip. So we did, I remember we went to this one house, and I don't know the significance of it, but it was in our neighborhood, mm -hmm. and it was just this old house, like from the 1600s. And that stuck with me. Yeah. I like old stuff, I guess. And then, uh, and then one trip we went to Francis Tavern in Manhattan, which is where Washington had his like farewell to the troops and all that stuff, and that was a cool trip too. But um, but I but like I don't remember anything about school growing up. Really? None of it. N n like that sticks with me, and that's it. And and um, and and when I was teaching, those kids had such good memories, and I see it with my own kids too. They yeah. they remember everything. Yeah. And I'm like, so is it better for them now, or are they gonna all forget this down the road, or like? So I don't know. But you remember the farm. So that's something. I remember the farm. I I think I remember being slighted more than anything else. <laughs> you knew. You were like, someday I'm going to hear about better things than this. This is just a farm and candle making. Yeah. Like, we had, our year was the year where they decided, okay, sixth grade is now in middle school. So you don't even get like a real graduation because it's like sixth graders are graduating, but you as a fifth grader are also kind of graduating, but nobody cares about you. Right. So like you get nothing. And like they give, they would get like a trip to DC and we got a trip to dendrology camp. Exactly. What is it's it? not even sleepaway camp. You just go on a bus in the morning and stand in the woods and learn about trees. That was it. What is it, Ography? Dendrology camp. Dendrology? Yes. Is that the study of trees? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I never knew that. Yeah, you're lucky. What did you, you learn? You didn't have to. We learned the difference between, like, a willow and I don't even remember uh, any just, of it. A willow just hangs. Well, now I know that. <laughs> well, you went to camp. You learned yeah. about it. So we learned about sap and bark. And it was the worst. I mean, kids in Vermont, like where they actually have, they probably had better trips than that. <laughs> like watch sap come out of a tree and like eat syrup or whatever they do in Vermont. Oh, sap. Oh, that's terrible. So guys, if you're ever considering raising children in North Carolina, um, don't. 
There's much better places to raise children. Uh, also political stuff. All right, let's get back to it. <laughs> The, the, the school trips have probably gotten better. Yeah, probably. Everything else has gotten worse. Yeah. Actually, no, they've defunded schools. So if you have a teacher at all and you live in North Carolina, you're lucky, I guess. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. I think they just want kids to teach themselves off of the Internet. Like, that's what they're hoping will happen. If they defund it enough, that's all that's yeah, going to happen. Uh, the other thing I like here, by the way, we could walk a little bit. All right. Because, so see where she's standing, the docent. Who's a do what is a docent? I think she's a docent, the person who's dressed up. Okay. But, like, what like is... A docent is... I, like, in a museum, that's the person who, like, oh. tells you the stuff. I guess, like, a guide. I but was I, just some, like, the people in the suits who tell me not to touch things, yeah. But I, I think the word is docent. I don't know if docents have to dress up or not. But, so, that's where the meeting house was. So, one of the things, like, there was just a small band of colonists. Uh-huh. At, like... It was like a thousand soldiers marching, and like some some people say they didn't see them because the meeting house was there and they were here, yeah. and the soldiers were marching, and so they they couldn't see around the meeting house, which I don't know. But also this spot, there oh. used to be a belfry, which uh, you know, like if there was a fire, yeah. or instead of climbing to the top of a church to ring the bell, they would just enter the room and ring oh. the bell. Okay. But they recreated it. Up on the hill over there, so you want to walk and just yeah. see that? Check, the, check out the belfry, which is not a word I think I've ever said before. No, not even like bats in the belfry? Who? You're like what? somebody who's crazy, they say these, they have bats in the belfry. Is this a northern thing? I don't know what you're talking no. about. I, I, I bet the first time I ever learned that was in the Batman movie. You ever, you ever see the original which, Batman? Which, the original. What's the original? Jack Nicholson and oh, Michael okay. Keaton. Uh, yes, a long time ago. Oh my goodness, me too, and I'm trying to remember the scene. So it's the ending where okay. they have the big fight in the tower. That was a belfry. Remember he throws the bell in his face? I think so. And I think one of the Joker's lines is, bats in the belfry. Oh, weird. Something like that. Yeah, I know. I never thought about Wait, that until one? now. I'm just, I'm trying to think. I have to, like, organize it by villain. I think. So, like, is the Joker... Which... We're good. It, when Jack Nicholson was the Joker, right. with the but is that the, that's not the same one with Danny DeVito as the Penguin? No, I think that was the next okay. one. The Penguin was it with somebody else in yeah, the same movie. Christopher Walken was it, dude? I don't. I gotta watch these movies again. No, I hadn't thought about this in so long. Yeah. that was actually such a great fight scene when yeah. they were fighting in the bell tower. Yeah, yeah. The Belfry. The Belfry. Uh, there are so many little old paths here. But anyway, I think that might be the only time I knew that phrase. Got it. Bats in the Belfry. So it makes sense, because it's in the top of the thing. That's where the bats hang out. That is where the bats hang out. Uh, so I've anyway. never seen a bat until moving up here also. I still never. You've never seen a bat? No. I actually come surprised when I just recently saw a bat for the first time. Uh, I had a friend in college who, she used to tell a story, like she woke up when, she grew up in Maine, uh -huh. and she woke up one night, maybe, uh -huh. and there was a bat in her hair. Uh -huh. Could you imagine? I can't even imagine. I heard, and this is definitely on, like, a podcast like Radio Lab or This American Life, but like bats have rabies, and that oh. terrifies me. Not all of them, but like yeah, you can get rabies from a bat. Which doesn't, that's not surprising, but they're um, I think they're essentially rats with wings. Is that right? That makes sense. Well, those are also pigeons. Yeah. And that pigeons are. But see, so pigeons. I grew up with pigeons, so that's nothing to me. But really? any other form of wildlife <laughs> is ridiculous to me. <laughs> ridiculous, Al. Oh, I can't handle it. Like, like when we moved out to the to outside the city, uh -huh. I never dealt with like raccoons in my oh. life, and I didn't know to like tie up the garbage and. Oh yeah. Yeah, this isn't, these were new things to me. There's a bug in my face, and I just. So we're climbing across across from the Lexington Green. There's a little, I don't know, little path up a hill, and they've recreated the belfry. So. Uh, I think it was destroyed in a hurricane, it says here. Oh, okay, I was like, do these people not care enough about these buildings? Because there are a lot of plaques where buildings used to be, and if they really cared, they would have just kept the building. That's true, yeah, and they, they, they rebuilt it. So, uh, this belfry was erected on this hill in 1761 and removed to the common in 1768. In it was hung the bell which rung out the alarm on the 19th of April, 1775. So they rang that bell that morning, and then uh, it was removed to the Parker Homestead in 1797, and then in 1891 brought back to this hill. That's interesting. Oh, it destroyed by a gale in 1909, rebuilt in 1910. I knew there was something about uh, wind. Yeah. 
at some point I'm kind of like, eh, maybe we don't need to keep rebuilding this. It's like, know, like tax seem... dollars. Like, uh... well, that was probably the the big like uh, symbolic building, I guess. Oh, okay. Like this is where they rang the bell. This is, I guess that's something. This is real remote feeling for this, like the big symbolic building. I know. What's here? What, just cause We're standing on a sort of rock face with some grass, and we are surrounded by trees. You can barely see Lexington itself, except for through a set of trees. But, yeah, it just seems like I'm in yeah. the woods right now. I don't think anybody knows this is here either. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lock on the gate as though people have tried to sneak in here before. <laughs> what are you doing there? <laughs> there's a lock on the gate and on the, yeah. the door to the belfry. Like, are people just breaking in to ring the bell all the time? Or look at it. Let's uh, around to the other side and see if. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that, like, if there is an opening, I'm gonna try to break into it. But if there is an opening, I'm interested to test its vulnerabilities. <laughs> uh, can I tell you my last historical fact? Yes. And then I'll, I won't. You can be talk about historical. history. So Sam Adams was the guy. Like everybody said, he was just trying to fire people up like after the boston massacre right. he kept reminding people you know the massacre wasn't really a massacre it was like five people yeah. were killed was like, and uh, they were that happens killed. in malls across the country like every day <laughs> like okay yes that's not good i know that i'm just saying like right now so five people like, you know a handful of people not a massacre so uh so he would always stir things up and um the fact that he was in lexington this is the one thing i believe on April 18th, that night, when they got word that the troops were moving, mm. like I think he took the captain that lived out here and was like, listen, something's got to happen. Yeah. We got to make mm. this happen. And so that they were they were alerted by like 11 p.m. Uh -huh. And then the troops didn't get here till like 5 a.m. And then everybody just hung out in that tavern for like mm. five hours. Mm. So I think in that time, Sam Adams was in that guy's ear being like, listen, rile them up yeah. do something to get like a war started like i think i that's the one thing i've read about that i think oh yeah that's definitely possible because he's been he was so instrumental in starting things that makes sense to me yeah oh, good no, what i mean is uh it totally seems like alcohol played a role in the american revolution yeah yeah like it, they were hanging out in the tavern yeah. and it, that's where all the arguments happened around bars i'm just like i'm just thinking the type of like old dudes who hang out in bars now if they were like trying to get something started i think they would be largely ignored <laughs> like that's a fair point i hadn't thought about that those terms but that's right <laughs> like if, if it was just like a bunch of dudes and they're like dude we gotta fight the government everyone would be like you're crazy get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's so true they they were so yeah he was instigator but then alcohol was the lubricant yeah. right uh, so there's nothing over here. Yeah, I don't there's, know. there's a really there's steep way. hill um, that, if I, no, there's like trees in it. So it would be like, you would go like sledding and then like at your own risk situation. Yeah, it's really, I've never seen it this overgrown either. Really? I mean, I've not been here that often, uh -huh. but it's a lot of high grass. Yeah. You know what I loved? You, you were talking about the ambient sound. Yeah. That's one of my favorite noises. Like if we were walking down the... Uh-huh. Like, that path. like, like the, the like, like dirt gravel and stuff. Yeah, nice. I like that. I like like high heels in an empty hallway. Really? Yeah. I think I think dudes like that sound. I think when I hear it, I'm just, just like. Just dudes? Well, I mean, I. <laughs> uh, even like just regular shoes, like the, the clock. Oh, I like down. the click of like, like. I feel like there's a click of like a man's heavy like dress shoe. Right. That I like. Just so yeah, the, just a mirror. Clop. It doesn't yeah. have to be a high heel. Oh, you want to do do this? I think it's gravelly enough. I, I'm getting it. Love that noise. <laughs> Person about sound. <laughs> that's my favorite sound. Uh, yeah, so that's 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 why I love this place, the history. I like. I'm trying to think of like sounds that I like. They're typically like like cooking sounds or like. Um, like the clinks you hear in a restaurant, so like okay. silverware hitting plates at huh. weird intervals. Um, like I have a really obscure one too. I like I like if you drum your fingers on the back of a clipboard. Interesting. A Did you do a sport? Board. Uh, not at a high level. Okay. I play different sports. Why? I'm just wondering, like, where clipboard that came exposure. From. <laughs> yeah. I carried a clipboard a lot for a lot of my jobs. Really? Yeah. What'd you do? 
So my first job out of college was um, news writing and sports producing. Interesting. So, hi. There's at least <laughs> two other people and a baby who know about the Belfry, yes. <laughs> which we just passed. Uh, so right out of college, I worked at uh, I worked at three of the TV stations in Boston. Simultaneously? No, 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 okay. consecutively. Okay. And then, uh, so I did news writing, sports producing, and you always carry a clipboard around just to, you know, to pad and always taking notes. Yeah, yeah. And then I had a clipboard a lot for teaching, taking notes as I watch over the kids and stuff. Nice. What made you transition from sports stuff to teaching? Okay, so, like, I, I wanted to be on air. Uh-huh. And I wasn't heading down that path. Right. And I was working crazy hours, and my wife and I were about to get married, and yeah. we needed something a little more steady. And I wasn't going to go, like, off to Quad City, Iowa, or whatever, oh, yeah, to get go that. get on air. Yeah. So, uh, uh, do you want me to hold that? Is that oh, no, it's okay. So, um, I was like, I think I need to teach. And I was working overnights. That was right. the other thing. So, I was working, like... 12 in the morning till 10 in the morning and yeah, that doesn't sound like it, it wasn't ideal so right. the teaching schedule was much better and uh uh I knew it was something I'd always wanted to do and uh-huh. I did and I really loved it so now you are not a teacher what do you do I'm now not. so now I write okay. and I do comedy and I love it and it's I like uh, having my own schedule yeah. um and I love writing it's something that I've Always wanted to try, and now I'm trying that. And nice. I'm, what do you write about? Uh, being a dad, mostly. Uh-huh. Uh, no, a lot of his parenting essays. Mm-hmm. Um, I do some travel writing for a magazine, and, uh, and I'm hoping... I, I've, I've written a book that I'm not sure it's going to be the one that I was expecting it to be. Right and being published and all that. Uh, I, I would love to write a book that somebody publishes. Yeah. I know that there are self-publishing routes, right. and that may happen at some point, but I want to write something that somebody's like, oh, yes, yeah. I love this, and I want to share it with the world. And uh, that's... So there's the, the book writing, and uh-huh. then there's all the writing I do to make money right <laughs> now. So, uh, so I've been able to do it so far, yes. and I'm enjoying it. So... I know, uh, and this is just based on, like, The Daily Show, that parenting seems to be controversial. Like, whatever you do, somebody says that you're doing it wrong. What's the most extreme reaction you've gotten to one of your parenting essays? Oh, great great question. You know what? I don't think I have a wide enough uh, audience yet Mm -hmm. to have known. But but anything I write, I get. It's a dumb thing. Like, I'm learning not to read comments. Right. But um, I had an essay that was published in the Boston Globe magazine, and it was, um, it was silly. It was about uh, being afraid of Santa yeah. and how that has transferred to my daughters. Okay. So, like, Christmas Eve is, like, a nightmare for us. Right. And uh, somebody, like, it was, a, it, was a, it was a humorous essay, and somebody just took it so pers- personally, or they, they made it personal and were right. like, oh, your precious kids and... It just, it, I don't remember the comment, and I've, I've let it go, but it's just seeing people, uh, people are humorless yeah. sometimes, yeah. and it's, it's upsetting because they have these agendas like, oh, kids should be, um, you, have to be you should be honest with kids, or, oh, you shouldn't protect them from everything, oh, yeah. everybody's so precious, like just, it works, different things work for yeah. different people, yeah. and people don't seem to understand that. So anyway, if you dig deep enough in the comments, you find the controversy. Right. Uh, and I've done other ones about being a stay-at-home dad or a work-at-home dad, and um, everybody has their opinion about that. Really? Yeah, just uh, I wrote about just how sometimes the interactions are, are different. Uh-huh. Um, and somebody took it. They took it the wrong way in that um, they said... Uh, well, I never called myself a stay-at-home dad for that very reason, um, because people think uh, if the, if there's a guy, and they took they took it in a really bad direction, yeah, yeah. and and uh, I don't know, it just it it it's all in the comments, and I'm, 
I hate to even give uh, give voice to them. Nice. How about that? Yeah. I don't know. So I uh, do not have children. I don't see children like ever. Uh, what are some of the ways you say you've changed as a person since having kids? Hmm. I guess I'm less selfish. Okay. Because you have to be. But I still think there are times when I'm like, oh, I'm doing what I want right now. And I probably should be considering what they want. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like maybe I should change more. Really? Yeah. How old are your children? So my oldest is going to turn 10 in a couple months. My middle is going to turn 8 in a couple months. And my youngest will turn 5 in 10 days. Nice. So what are you guys planning for the, for the fifth birthday? Uh, so this is the last one that we can get away with not planning. <laughs> <laughs> that's See? Selfish. <laughs> selfish. Uh, it seems more economical than the crazy parents who like no, that's the just thing. pour money into something that their so kids she, never going to remember. She's at the point right now where she's in this preschool. She's going to transition to kindergarten next year. Yeah. So she has these friends that she's not going to spend all that much time with. So it's not like she needs a big friend party. Right. So we'll do stuff with the family. We'll get people together. We'll yeah. get a cake. Mm -hmm. She'll get presents. So It'll be a great time. Yeah. And then next year she'll realize, oh, I can have a party <laughs> with friends. It's good. You don't have to tell them that yet. No, because by the time her sister's birthdays will roll around, yeah. she'll be thinking ahead to, oh, my next birthday I'm going to have friends. Because yeah. like, before this she doesn't have uh, she doesn't realize, oh, I can have a party. Yeah. We'll scoot around so these people can check We're in front out. of a statue, like a, like yeah, a so pillar. For the soldiers who died. Oh. I'm going to check and make sure. So they should be coming by, the kids. What's one of the things that you've seen your child do and you're like, oh, no, I got to get, get them to stop doing that immediately? Uh... That's funny, because I think I'm too much that way. There's a lot. There's a lot. Like, oh, don't pick at your food with your fingers. Yeah. Like, that. Like you don't do that in school, do you? Like, yeah. So there's so much of that that I look at, and I try to prevent in the moment. And, I'm, and I think back to what my parents did, and I'm like, I don't remember them ever explicitly telling me uh -huh. not to do something like that. Yeah. Like, did I just learn from social cues, or did I learn? Like, how did I learn it? Should I be letting them learn more things on their own? Right. Like, are they going to be lost without me? Like, I do think that about that a lot. And uh, I, I know I do it too much, <laughs> and I don't know what the balance is. Yeah. But again, different things for everybody. Yeah. Like, they seem to be doing okay in the world on their own right. when, they, when they're not with this. Yeah, like, the oldest one is, is 10. Are, are there things where you're like, oh, man, that's totally like me? Or, like, where the heck did they get that from? Yeah, it's funny because... They are, I see my, they do these wonderful things, and I think, and for the most part, they're wonderful, but I, whenever I see a flaw, I'm like, oh, that's me. Like, <laughs> that, they the got flaws. that from me. Okay. Yeah. Mostly the flaws. <laughs> <laughs> but not the good stuff. Like, the anxiety or the, like, being afraid of that, of something, and like, oh, I was afraid of that. Like, really? that's, yeah. And so, wait, what are, like... Again, I don't hang out with 10-year-olds. Like, what are 10-year-olds anxious about? Uh, there was a lot of transitions uh, are tough, and, and we switched schools, and um, I think that was a big source of anxiety. So it's nothing that, um, like, it's all totally appropriate. Okay. But it's, it's... Uh, I, I empathize really well, I guess. Yeah. And I think, oh, yeah, well, I would definitely feel that way. And that's from me. Right. So, uh, so it's not, you know, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's adult social anxiety or stuff yeah. like that. Like, it's not like crippling. No, yeah. but it's, it's there. Yeah. And it, it's something that I see from, that came from me. Okay. I do uh, have a cousin who's really, she's, I think she's 14 now, 13 now. And uh, it's weird to see, like, her strange creative impulses have turned into, like, sort of, like, dorkiness, like, in middle school. And I'm just, like, s interested in how it's going to play out to her as, like, a high schooler because she's like, I care about my grades. I write stories. I don't know what's happening. And you're like, oh, I, have, I don't know if it's going to work out for you. That's, okay, so it's funny that you talk about 
that experience because I think about the kids I taught mm -hmm. and I would see all the time these little let's say six seven eight year olds yeah then they were in my class they were 10 11 and then I'd see them graduate at 14 or whatever right. and I'd be like oh I never saw that coming yeah. so I never I so there's you know there's no there's no blueprint okay. and I don't know I haven't thought about much I think they're going to be okay. Okay. They're wonderful humans. <laughs> uh, and I, uh, again, selfish, I think of myself and I'm like, oh yeah, I turned out great. Yeah. Like things went pretty well for me. Yeah. So uh, I think they'll be all right. All right. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think, what other parenting questions do I have? Um, hmm. <laughs> when you had kids, did you feel like you were ready to have kids? Yeah. You did. You were like, I'm in. This. Yeah. I mean, it's so hectic now. I think like, oh, we could have done so much more traveling, and that's what everybody, you know, everybody talks about. Yeah, but like, yeah. but it was the right time. Okay. Like we 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 thought about it real careful. It's funny though because so now I have this the one the thing that keeps me from doing comedy yeah. the most is the one thing that is so important for my comedy, yeah. and because it, it's I do talk a lot about being a dad and. Um, it, it's also the reason I feel like I can do it Yeah. because like, like I wish I had started doing it 10, 15 years ago because when I started thinking about doing it, but I would have been a wreck. Like there's no way I could have handled the rejection at that age. And now, like if somebody says they don't like it or then, I mean, nobody really says it, but <laughs> you, if, if I don't get caught, don't care for your comments. if I don't, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let me be clear. People <laughs> probably think that, but it doesn't come in that form. It comes in not being called back or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and it is going to start to rain. Yeah, it, fell, it hit my forehead a second ago. You want to walk back to the car? At yeah, least we won't get stormed on. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, like, it doesn't bother me as much. Okay. And it does bother me somewhat, but then uh -huh. I have this whole other life that yeah. is going okay. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I have, I have more confidence to do the comedy now uh -huh. than I ever did at any point in my life. And it's funny because the writing is something I'm not at that point yet where I'm as confident about the writing. Really? Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, is the time thing? Or? I think because I haven't... Um, what is the difference? I haven't... I, fi I figured out... How dare that be? Yeah, there was... A, I think a, an animal got into that. Um, I think... I figured comedy out. They're, they're very similar worlds. Uh -huh. So I'm not, I'm pausing for a second thinking about why one is uh, more comfortable than the other. There's an element of putting yourself out there uh -huh. and then being accepted or rejected. And with comedy, it's so immediate. Yeah. And I've gotten so much of it in the moment yeah. that it feels, that it, it feels um, like I'm doing the right thing. With writing, uh, I send something off and then it takes days or weeks or months to get any feedback at all. And more often than not, it's balancing out a little bit, but more often than not right now, it's negative. Like right. it's a no, no thank you, we don't want this, or no, we don't want you to pursue this idea. So um, I guess that's made me a little gun shy with the writing. Right. Because I think I'm a good writer. Yeah. I like to write, but I'm getting more validation from the comedy. Yeah. I like, so I switched from doing more film to doing more comedy because it takes less time to do. Like, I can write something, try it out, see if it works, and things can die very quickly mm -hmm. versus, like, I think this is a good idea. Let me put six months of my life into it, and then maybe someone likes it, maybe somebody doesn't. That seems way harder. That's exactly it, yeah. Um, and... Nobody remembers the comedy failures. Yeah, like, okay. This joke, I'll throw it in there. Like, they're not going to remember later. They didn't like it. I just, I'll know in my, like, I'll, yeah. I'll relive it off <laughs> over and over again. And I'll be like, it's not worth doing that again. Right. But, uh, but the writing, you, you do put so much into it. Yeah. Um, that's, like that's a good comparison. Expected. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then with comedy, if you believe in something that's worth honing yeah. and perfecting, okay, you can try it again. But some of it, you know, like, okay, it's just not going to work. Yeah. 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 There's a bit I'm working on now um, 
And I know it's, like, a controversial subject matter, but it's, like, I think it's funny, but, like, yeah, how do I convey the part that I think is funny? And then, even if I'm able to do that, maybe just people don't also find that funny. Like, it's it's frustrating, but it's not nearly as fr- Like, I tried it on a Saturday, I tried it twice on a Sunday, and now I have an opinion of, like, okay, this probably won't go in the act. Well... So and then that's the other thing. That's kind of fun. Yeah. To figure out like it's easier with a joke or with a 2 minute to 5 minute piece. Yeah. Which part of this is 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 not working and what can I fix rather than this 800 word essay yeah, where they that say you're like yes or no. is it the idea? Is it the whole <laughs> essay? Is it the is it one of the points in the essay? Right. But that like the comedy part it's fun cuz you do put as much work into it. Yeah. But you can uh, like, like that's fun work. Yeah. It's, it's sitting and listening to it. It's performing it. Cause like, cause I have a, I have a bit I like right now too, that I just started that I'm so excited about. Yeah. And I've done it like three or four times already. And I realized, oh, I forgot a big, like it's gone, <laughs> it's gone okay, but I forgot a big word in it. And, and just that one word is going to make a big difference. Right. So just to help the audience understand it. So it could do even better, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, but that's I enjoy that. Nice. It sounds like you do too. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, when did you start comedy? Uh, almost two years ago, nice. just about two years ago. Yeah. What were the first places you did comedy? Um, Sally O'Brien's was the very first. Kings oh, was I the second. Kings. Yeah. And my set. So the first one was okay. Um, it was not. I thought it was gonna be great. And it was not great, but I did it, and I was like, "Oh, I like." This Had you a been lot. doing open mic before? Before you no. tried it, okay. Nothing. Um, well, so at my school, I had done an auction. Okay. And because I'd watched this auctioneer, and like a lot of his student-made stuff, uh-huh. and the auctioneer was like dumping on it, <laughs> and I was like, "No, that shouldn't happen." And I was like, "I think I can do this." And a friend of mine was like, "Yeah, you can definitely do this." So I did the next one. And, you know, most of the night is an auction. Yeah. And I was not good at... I mean, it was okay. I didn't. My biggest concern was going to cost the school money. And I don't think I did that. I think right. we made money. But, <laughs> like, I did, like, five or ten minutes up top. Yeah. That was just comedy about the school yeah. and different people. And I loved that. And I was I think... I was like, oh, I think I did comedy. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I didn't, did the next one two years later. And so in the back of my mind, when I left teaching, I was like... Uh, I was like, I think it might it might be time to give this a go. Yeah. So I did that summer. I went and I did, um, and so I looked into it. And this is the amazing thing about comedy in Boston is, if you're not, it doesn't hit you in the face. Yeah. Like you have to go looking for it. But when you go looking for it, there's so many options. Yeah. It's amazing, and it's even more now than it was two years ago. Um, but I had no idea what to expect. The, the short answer <laughs> to your question about have I had I been to an open mic, I had no idea what to expect. So I went to Sally O'Brien's, and it was it was probably a good night because, <laughs> like, I, I wasn't totally turned off. Like, there were right. I think there were enough good people there. I, I don't remember anymore. I, ta- I take meticulous notes, so yeah. I probably have notes somewhere of, like, who was there that night. Really? But, yeah, I do a lot of that. I record my sets, but I don't take notes on them. I started out, I, I don't know, I like to write. Nice. So that's oh, no, fine. No, so I, I mean, you're a writer. It makes sense. So I have notes about like what, um, what happened and mm-hmm. anyway. So I think so. I think it was a quality enough night that I that I didn't, I hadn't been to a bad open mic yet. But then mm-hmm. Kings on Wednesday that week, I didn't tell my I did my set and I didn't I did it out of order and yeah. I was like oh I messed that up and I felt it was awful. But by then <laughs> by then I was hooked. Yeah. And I was like oh this is. I'm going to keep doing this. Nice. Yeah, so then Kings, and then uh, uh, what else did I do earlier? So I, I, there are certain mics I still haven't been to, just timing-wise. Oh, yeah. Like, I never did the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, That's one that'll, uh, it'll remove any illusions that you, like, are going to be famous really quickly. <laughs> like, Maybe that's why I'm afraid <laughs> to go. Like, that was the first one I did, and yeah, just... Like, I think I said one joke that hit. No one paid attention to anything else I said. It's a room. You can see everyone talking and not paying attention to you. And you're just like, okay, well, uh, 
This is the slog, I guess. I had that experience at the hideout. Oh, yeah. And I just, I was like, oh, I'll, 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 I guess this makes you stronger, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'll just keep saying my words, but I'm, it's not quite a response I'm, I want. Yeah. Well, uh, there's a lady pushing a person in a wheelchair, and it's raining outside. Yeah, so we've moved to the car. We're just sitting, waiting out the rain. Yeah. I didn't think it was supposed to rain till later. It said, that's I, what it said on the iPhone. I know. All right, now we are in Starbucks, and we are with three new guests. I'm not going to tell you their names, but I will ask them their ages and what they like in school. So, how old are you, and what do you like in school? I'm seven, and in school, I like social studies. And your dad used to teach social studies. Did you like it because of your dad? No. <laughs> your dad doesn't make you like social studies at all? Um, I just like it because it's fun. So what are you learning about right now in social studies? We're learning about maps and globes. Wait, maps and globes? Uh-huh. Like the different features of maps and globes? Uh-huh. Do you, is there like a particular part of the globe that you think is most interesting? Uh, no. No? It's all fine. It's like water and land and stuff. Where, if there was any place on the globe that you could go, where would you go? Um, I'd go to England. Why England? Um, because some of my favorite books were based on England. Nice. What are some of your favorite books? Um, Harry Potter books. Oh, that, good choice. Solid choice. Have you read all of them? Uh-huh. You know how it ends and everything? Uh-huh. You're a little, you're a little young. <laughs> some of that gets pretty rough. Did, were you scared at all? Not really. Not really? Not, I was an adult, and I was still, like, concerned for Harry Potter. So that's really respectable. You're, you seem like a tough kid. Good. All right. On to the next guest. Again, no name. But can you tell me how old you are and what you like in school? I'm nine, and I like reading. What do you like reading? Um, I like, I just, I like reading any books. Okay. What are some of your favorite books? Harry Potter. Also, this is the Harry Potter family. Or you're, I don't know if you, you can't. Can you read? No. You just started reading? I'm aware of the Harry Potter world. Okay. So wait, okay. Who is your favorite Harry Potter character? Uh, Ginny. Ginny's your favorite? Not Hermione? Why? I don't know. She's pretty cool, I guess. I mean, she does, she gets like trapped in the chamber and she like has like real experiences. So I dig that. Okay, cool, cool. What other books do you like to read? Um, I like reading biographies. Who is a person that you've read a biography of? I've read about Helen Keller. How was that? It was good. I learned a lot about it. What did you not know about Helen Keller before? I did not know that she had a dog. I never knew that. She had a dog like the whole time? Well, she loved dogs. Do you love dogs? Uh, yeah. Do you like cats or dogs more? Dogs. Why do you like cats less? I don't like how cats scratch. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty jerkish. They're not friendly. <laughs> Do you guys have any pets? No. Do you want a pet? Yes. <laughs> I like that two of the children are shaking their heads emphatically. Okay, so what kind of pet do you want? I want a fish. A fish? What kind of fish? Um, a goldfish. Okay. J just one or like like in a little tank? Or like how, how do you see this playing out? Um, I have... Um, I have a fish um, in my as a classroom pet in my classroom, uh -huh. and it's it's a beta fish I think, and oh, like yeah. it's in one of those kind of like circle um, tanks. Uh -huh. um, what color is it? Uh, clear. Oh, the fish. What color is the fish? Uh, yeah. Um, it's like mostly blue, but like a little red. That's cool. All right, I know you like adults ask you this all the time, but do you guys know what you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? Professional softball or baseball player. Nice. Uh, I don't really know. I'm um, I think I'll either be an artist, um, 
Uh, author and illustrator. Nice. Do you like drawing? Uh-huh. Do you like drawing? Yes. And how old are you? Four. And have you enjoyed being four? Yes. What do you do as a four-year-old? So you nap and you draw. What do you like to eat? Apples. Apples? You like apples? I respect that. I buy apples and then I never eat them, so I just throw them away. And now I know that you like apples. Maybe I'll give them to your dad and you can have all of the apples that I buy. You'll have apples all the time. This is for your future. Okay, so what do you guys like to draw? I like drawing animals. All right. What's your favorite animal to draw? Dogs or cats or hamsters. Hamsters is an interesting choice. Is the fur challenging? Well, I just do like little soft lines for the fur. Nice. So. <laughs> no, that makes sense because they just look like if without the fur, they just kind of look like weird teardrop animals. They're strange. They're strange looking. What do you like to draw? Um, not really, no. But you like drawing. Uh-huh. Do you prefer crayons or colored pencils? Or do they still have those in school? Do they still have crayons and colored pencils, right? Okay. Uh, colored pencils. That's, that's respectable. You're, you're like closer to being a grown-up kid sort of thing. Crayons are a little bit more for, like, for young kids. All right, I'm going to confirm all this with your dad. John, is this true? Yes. She likes colored pencils. <laughs> cool. So what is the most interesting thing that has happened to you in school so far? When we went to the Framingham History Center for a field trip. How was it? What did you guys learn? Well, we learned about Framingham's history and famous people from Framingham. I don't know that there I didn't know that there are any famous people from Framingham. Who's from Framingham that is famous? Well, there was there was General Gordon from the Civil War. Okay. And this isn't going to be on a test later, I promise. This isn't like a like a like a thing from your teachers trying to get you to know all of it. So you like social studies? Did I ask you what you like in school? Yes. Right, reading. Reading. Right. Okay. So, outside of Harry Potter and biographies, what type of books do you like? I like chapter books that are not too hard, but they're not too easy. And you mentioned that you might want to be an author one day. What sort of story do you want to write? Um, realistic fiction. Realistic fiction. That is a very you're, that is a good answer. So what realistic fiction? Do you want to give me like a scenario? Do you want to like make up a story right now? Uh, no. Okay, I get it. That's fine. If you do think of one, let me know, though. Okay? Okay. Have you written stories in school? Uh, yeah. What kind of stories did you write in school? Um, we, we, well, realistic fiction, and I like writing realistic fiction. Are your characters usually kind of like you? Are they, like, young females who, like, live in Massachusetts? Um, they're... Both female, but um, but they live in. I made them live in California. Ooh, have you been to California? No. Do you want to go to California? Kinda. It's pretty nice. Like imagine the weather being nice all the time. That's what California's like. It. I mean, it's rained there before, but it doesn't rain often. Do you like going outside? Uh-huh. What do you do outside? Um, I I like to. Ride on me and my older sister's scooter. You guys have scooters? Uh-huh. Like like the type where you like put your foot and then you like push yourself like that? Uh-huh. Not like a motorized scooter. Not yet. Okay. Um, and I like riding on my rollerblades. You have rollerblades? Uh-huh. What color are they? They're most, they're pink and gray. Oh, that's, that's a good color combination. That's a good one. That's a good one. Do you also ride rollerblades? Uh, no, I have a bike instead. I like riding that more than scooters. Okay. <laughs> it's good to have a preference. You guys differentiate yourselves in this way. Are, are all of these things true? Yeah. 
so far? They are not lying to you. <laughs> so, you guys, you're 10, 9, you're 7, you're 4. What do you guys plan for the next year? Like, when you're 10, what are you going to do? When you're 8, what are you going to do? And what's 5 going to be like? Are you excited about kindergarten? Mm hmm What do you think it's going to be like? Like, what are you going to do? Mm, play. You're going to play? Mm hmm Are you, like, are you excited about all the new people you're going to meet? Mm. You don't have to be. Mm -hmm. Yes and no. Okay. That seems like a responsible answer. All right, so what do you think 10's going to be like? I think it's going to be harder than 9 in 4th grade. <laughs> Um, Are there any things you want to do? You're like, I'm 10. I'm going to get this thing done. Uh, I want to write, like, actually publish, but not, like, make it be in a bookstore. Yeah, yeah. Like, publish a book written by me. Nice. Like, how long would it be? I don't know. It might have, like, a few chapters, but not be long, long. That makes sense. Like, five or ten pages. That's aggressive, and it's appreciated. What about you? What's eight going to be like? Um, I'm... Thinking about um, when um, when I'm eight playing softball again. Nice. And and I'm gonna try and be better at piano. You play the piano? You didn't mention that before. Do you guys play instruments? You play the piano. You want to get better at playing the piano. What's your favorite song to play on the piano? Um, I like a lot of the songs I play. Nice. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for answering my random questions. Do you have any final thoughts you want to put into the universe? No. Nothing? They're both shaking their head, no. And, and you, any... You, wait, do you have a tattoo? What is that? Tattoo. Do you like tattoos? Yes. Do you think you're going to get tattoos when you grow up? Yes. Lots of people have them. <laughs> All right, guys, this has been Person About Town with three guests of no name and John Susich. So, yes, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye, thanks.